listening to For the Love of God Podcast. For the Love of God Podcast. Welcome to For the Love of God Podcast, a show for Christians that keep it real. Whether you're new to Christianity, a seasoned Christian, or dipping your toes in the baptismal water, this show is for you. Join us and strengthen your Christian walk. Play games and discover new music. This ain't your mama's Christian podcast. For the love of God! Okay. Hey, welcome back to the show, folks. This is Jason, your host of For the Love of God podcast. I'm here with Rick and Nathan. Guys, how you doing this week? You know what? I'm, I'm doing pretty well, Jason. How about yourself? I um, can't complain. Head's that, feeling better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Been fighting some sickness over the last week myself. It was, uh, it kind of hit like right after we did our last show and then it just hang, uh, hanged on, hung on is the word I guess I'm looking <laughs> hanged for. Hanged on. Right? Hanged on. We're good with hanged. <laughs> it hung on until yesterday. Ah. So I, I think you can still kind of hear a little bit of it in my voice, but yeah. not, I, it's not as bad as it was. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. I woke, up, I woke up with a m- headache this morning morning in a rush to get out of the house because of circumstances I'm not going to get into, but it wasn't on fire, but (laughs) (laughs) that's a good thing. Um, And I had 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 to go and I'm just now getting better um coffee you're just not getting better coffee or you're uh, just not getting better because of the coffee. because of the coffee <laughs> well the, um, the ibuprofen may have had something i'm not sure if that's thing. kicked in yet <laughs> not but, yet okay but it certainly is coming to okay. add to my feeling better feeling better cool. um but i did a lot of praying today because of a lot of things i uh, have a, a extremely busy week coming in very low staff count and next week too i'm I'm praying for many things. I'm praying that these two gentlemen that said they would like to come and work for me actually do. And I'm praying that I was praying that my head would feel better and just, I just feel a weight, a weight inside myself from just a pressure plus a weight of the circumstance I'm, I'm faced with a, a very busy week and low staff to, to pull it off. And, you know, I just got on my knees today in a dark room and just had a conversation with God and said, you know, so I said, Lord, you know, it's a sin for me to worry about what's to come when all I should do is just trust you that you will help me through this no matter what. And so I am. And I'm going to put my worry aside and just trust in the Lord. And if I have to do it mainly by myself, then that's the way it is. And God will see me through it. He will keep me organized and everything I need to uh, succeed. It's not a bad way to look at it. Indeed. Which is our topic today. Our topic is praying. Um, No way. Yeah. I thought you were implying that the topic today was how to get more staffing for Jason. Right. That's <laughs> what I was prepared to talk about. But um, <laughs> yeah, praise, uh, prayers. Why are some prayers not answered? Why are some answered? And are the ones that answered actually answered or is it circumstance? So we'll dive into that. But first we will do the news. So, you know, there's a 
there's an old Chinese uh, curse that what, that goes, may you live in interesting times. And this would certainly qualify as interesting times, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I, I kind of wanted to share with everybody today is something you're probably not going to see on TV or something you're not going to see very much on the radio. You might see some posts about it on f- Facebook or social media, depending on who you follow and which uh, audience you're connected into. But the, the trial for Ghislaine Maxwell has started. Do you guys know who she oh, is? Oh, I do. Yes. That's, okay. um, what's his name's right hand man. That's right. Lady. So, Je- uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Yes. That's uh, the, what's his name? Who did not kill himself. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically after he died, they, they pivoted the entire thing onto her. So she's now, he, she was his number two guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and now she is on trial, and they had the the interviews today with the pilot. Now, right before Ooh. the trial happened, the FAA released that there were at least 700 flights to this island that Jeffrey wow. Epstein had. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pilot took to the stand, and he mentioned Kevin Spacey and Bill Clinton, which if you know these names, it's not going to surprise you that these are the people that were associated right. with, with uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Wowzers. However... I want to I want to encourage everybody, uh, particularly with the message today being about prayer. For believers, I want you to pray. Um, I know that prayer can change things, and we'll get into the details of that. But I have to admit, what we discussed last time with the um, the Rittenhouse case, I did not think people would choose the right outcome there. I didn't think justice would be served, but it was. And I'd like to chalk that up to prayer, the power of prayer, because um, those jurors were put in are put in a really bad situation where there would they were going to experience a reprisal for for doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas here, I would my flesh is telling me to to temper my expectations of this trial, and I'll give you a couple reasons. So, number one, the lead prosecutor in the Ghislaine Maxwell case is Maureen Comey. That last name should sound a little familiar to you. That's because she's the daughter of James Comey, James Comey. who led the FBI uh, during the Obama era. Mm-hmm. Now. The judge in the case is Judge Allison Nathan, and uh, she's presiding over the entire trial. And uh, she has been tied back to some of the secret societies that you saw uh, kind of kicked around during the Bush era. Um, But she was also John Kerry's associate national counsel in 2004 and was special assistant to White House counsel Barack Obama from 2008 to 2010 and was appointed to the federal bench by him. So she was appointed to the appeals court just this year by current President Joe Biden. Um, I don't. If you're looking at the people and you're you're thinking you're going to get something out of this case and that something's going to be broken wide open. You're wrong. You need to temper your expectations. It sounds like a big rug and a big broom. Exactly. And uh, I would encourage everybody to pray because something can happen here. The funny thing is, is if you look at the Rittenhouse situation, the judge allowed cameras into the courtroom. Mm-hmm. That was because they thought they had somebody on the right that they could parade out in front of people and just absolutely crucify him in the media. They are not letting the people and the cameras into the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. It's disheartening. It is disheartening. So um, there are some very big names, very powerful people that are associated with this particular, uh, trying to choose my words very wisely here, the the evil that was perpetrated on that island. Mm -hmm. And the nature of it is evil loves to walk. It loves to just get away with it. And it requires good people in positions of authority and power to do the right things, even if those right things wind up costing them personally. And that's something you don't see a whole lot of these days is people who who do the right thing and then are willing to pay the price associated with doing the right thing. 
So to my fellow believers, I just ask for your prayer. Uh, pray for pray for the, the judge, pray for the pr- prosecution and the defense, pray for the witnesses that come up there. Pray that something breaks open in all this so that, so that people are held accountable. And some of the power structures that allowed this particular heinous crime to arise. And if you're not familiar with the whole Jeffrey Epstein situation, let's just say it's worse than you imagine. And uh, But it, it has to do with a lot of sexual explo- exploitation of children. Um, I, I won't go any deeper than that. But this is an opportunity for things to break open. Now, that's not the only thing to talk about right now either, because now that we're in December, there's a case coming up before the Supreme Court, which is the best opportunity our country's had in probably the last 40 years to overturn Roe v. Wade. And the goons on the left are out in full force and threatening, and people are saying revolution if it if it if it happens. So pray, pray that God's will will be done. Pray that we will restore our country to some semblance of of honor and integrity by stopping this barbaric practice. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, even if the Supreme Court overturns the federal ruling of abortion on demand in our country, mm-hmm. it's going to go right back to each individual state is going to have their own rules. So it won't eliminate it entirely. It'll just simply kick it back to the states. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot to pray for right now. And that's Thank the news for today. Okay. Thank you. Interesting. You know, what's even more interesting than the news is that I actually knew what you were talking about the entire time. Oh. You know, I'm just not typically up on the news, but uh, <laughs> I had heard, well, it was during the, uh, oh goodness, what was it? Uh, I guess it was the, the election, uh, the Clinton slash Trump election. Mm-hmm. And uh, and some of that stuff came out and there was a lot of, a lot of really silly stuff too that was definitely way off. But I had heard, you know, I had read some stuff that seemed pretty credible. And so I did, out of curiosity, dig in this whole Epstein thing. And there was a lot of, you know, a lot of good arguments, a lot of eyewitnesses, uh, testimonies that made me think, wow, I'd really like to see this whole thing taken down. Yeah. And here we are yeah. a few years later, and there's an opportunity to take some people down. So I, I am definitely going to be joining you on prayer with that. I would uh, th- just a lot of unspeakable evil there. Yeah, for sure. Me too. I, I've been waiting a little over a year for Maxine to get put on the stand, but from the sounds of it, they're all they're all in the piles. same pocket. So see, part of the question for me is Comey was on the list of people who flew to the island. Like, oh yeah, how did his daughter get to be in the prosecution role with that particular connection? There? Well, that, now that, that seems, I didn't know. Bill so Gates is on that list too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and a whole list long. It's a long list. Yeah, and a long list of very powerful people and people in very powerful positions. And That's correct. So they're all in the same gamut and it's, it's going to be a miracle of God to bring this to justice, but right. we'll see. However, comma, <laughs> it has to be in his plan because his plan's in action and right. uh, there's no turning back now. It's been set forth and there's no stopping it. It's already, it's been, it's been prophesied. It's been shown. Oh, yeah. There's no stopping anything. It's just, uh, no, it's. Gaining momentum. It's yeah. kind of like a bullet train now. Right. So we just kind of ride it right out the storm and wait. Oh. But that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, folks. that is a good thing. When God's plans succeed. Because we know it ends. A good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the ending is really good. It's really for, good. For anybody who's a believer. So a uh, true Christ follower. Yeah. So if you ain't there, jump on board because it's going to be awesome. Yes. Amazing. All right. So, uh, I guess it's time for a game as we pause for this station identification. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Here we go. 
Okay, spin the wheel, which forgot my cord. I had, like I said, I had to rush out the uh, house today, so I don't have all my ducks. The soundless wheel. It's spinning for those that are curious. Clickety click. Multiple choice. Multiple choice. Now, is this, uh, is, are you back in the game this time? Oh, I guess we can. You going to jump in the game? Yeah. Time? Yeah, I can do it. I'll do the questions. All right. All right. You haven't been there for a while, so I just, you know, I feel like, you know, i got to right. give you a try every once in a while. Plus, it's multiple guests. That's how I got through school, so. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How do I skip a question? Because it's just too easy. Just... I mean, there we go. I just have the answer. <laughs> All right. So uh, go Pastor Rick first. So your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring what? Seeking whom he may devour. Lion. I don't know what that is. A, B, C, or D. That is correct. You'll have Lion. to tell me. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to give you the multiple choice unless you need them. Oh, uh, I see. So I see. your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That's 1 Peter 5, 8. Okay. Next. Jason. Philip met a eunuch in a chariot who was returning to his country, Ethiopia. Which book was he reading? Can I have the options, please? <laughs> Genesis, Isaiah, Acts, or Psalms. Got this. You got this. Who was meeting who? Philip met a eunuch in a chariot who was returning to his country, Ethiopia. Which book was the eunuch reading? Isaiah. Good choice. <laughs> he was returning and sitting in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. I think I may have cheated because I kind of you flexed your ears a little bit. Flexed a little there, but I, I was I was going there. <laughs> but is that cheating if you help your adversary, <laughs> your opponent? I'm sorry. Maybe. So blank and might are in your hand, so that no one is able to withstand you. I'll give you the four answers: power, proverbs, pride, or princes. Power and might. That is correct. Power and might are in your hand so that no one is able to withstand you. Second Chronicles 26. Yeah. Okay. So that's two for Pastor Rick. One for Jason. All right, Jason. During Joshua's assault on Jericho, how many priests carried ram's horns? Do you want your multiple choice or no? Yeah. Four, seven, hundreds, or thousands? Okay. I know it's not hundreds or thousands because there's less than that in the entire army. It's either four or seven, and seven's one of God's numbers, so I'll go with seven. Good reasoning. <laughs> Take up the Ark of the Covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord's Ark. Joshua 6.6. 6. Makes sense. You know, you couldn't have broken that down any cleaner. <laughs> that was really well done. My, my Thank, you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. so you Thank so much. Thank you so much. All right, Rick. So let's see if we can break the tie here. So some men tried to bring a paralyzed friend to Jesus but could not because of the crowd. So instead, they came through the blank instead. Roof. Well, ceiling. that is technically correct, but the word is housetop, so I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> housetop roof, huh? <laughs> Boy, they seem the same. I don't know. Luke 5.19. <laughs> All right, Jason. So will a lion roar in the thicket when he has no prey? Does a young lion cry out of his den if he has caught what? Either nothing, a mouse, a vulture, or a rabbit? <laughs> Right. Really? That's probably the hardest one so far. Yeah. All right, let's read it again. Please. Will a lion roar in the thicket when he has no prey? Does a young lion cry out of his den if he has caught nothing, a vulture, a mouse, or a rabbit? Nothing. Okay, I'll, I'll choose that option. I don't think it's right, but let's see here. It is correct. Uh, yeah. Will a lion roar in the thicket when he has no prey? Does it just a young sounded, lion cry out of right. his den if he has caught nothing? Amos 3, 4. I didn't know for sure 
from a biblical standpoint, but I was pretty sure his reason, I was going to side with him. If, yeah. if like, yeah, that's no, what I would have guessed. It's not very often that people read out of the book of Amos. So. That is a very, yeah. That's, that's more of one of the, one of the more esoteric ones. All right. So we are still tied. We are tied at three. Well, okay. The longest book of the new Testament in chapters. In chapters. Boy, I don't, these are the kind of things I don't think about at all ever. Um, do you want your options? Sure. Luke, Acts, Matthew, Revelation. Mm. In the Old Testament, it would be Psalm. Yeah, that's, a, right. that's an obvious that's one. That's an obvious one. Right? I'm not 100% sure. I'm going to go with Matthew. You're going to go with Matthew. All right, Matthew has 28. I can tell you that for sure. Oh, you mean longest book in amount of chapters. Amount, amount of, of okay. chapters. Okay. That's right. So okay. how many chapters does Revelation have? 22. Yeah, I was going to say, 20. I think it's low 20s. I don't even know if I'm going to memorize these things. So Luke or Acts. I don't know how many chapters either one of those has off the top of my yeah. head, even though I've read them in the past. All right, so you're going with Matthew. Let's yeah. see what happens happens here that is the wrong answer oh acts, acts has more chapters than any other book in the new testament acts. i figured that it was acts but that was not. actually my second guess yeah, was, acts is the first thing i thought of okay so here's your opportunity to seize the lead and hold on to it jason All you right. can do it oh. as they served the lord and fasted blank said separate barnabas and saul from me for the work to which i have called them Interesting that the previous answer was Acts, and then this is the question. That's a hint, I guess. <laughs> Wait a minute. I, I didn't Wait get the question. Did you? Uh-uh. I didn't hear the no. question. Okay, so as they served the Lord and fasted, blank said, separate Barnabas and Saul for me for the work to which I have called them. Your options are Peter, Jesus, Moses, or the Holy Spirit. Blink said to separate, mm-hmm. and it's one of those four people or the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. One of those three people or the Holy Spirit. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jiminy. Well, kind of the answers one more time. So the answers are Peter, Jesus, Moses, or the Holy Spirit. You can easily reason out two of those really yeah, fast. Yeah, uh, I can reason out one. Which one? Moses. Okay, you've reasoned that one out. So now the question is, think about who... Well, oh. I'm giving you answers. Okay, okay, okay. At, Jesus was already not on earth that's anymore correct. in Acts. That's correct. So that's gone. That's two you could reason out. Um, you could reason out the third one if you needed to. I would say Holy Spirit. You're right. That's the answer. Yeah. As they served the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, separate Barnabas and Saul for me for the work to which I have called them. Acts 13, 2. And what's funny is about that story is they didn't, they went back to prayer and fasting before they sent them out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it, that, that should teach us something. In this modern day time, we want to have answers immediately. We ask God for something and then we want to jump right into it. Not only were they fasting and praying and then they they sensed the Holy Spirit send them out, but then it said they went back and after a time of more prayer and fasting, then they they laid hands on them and sent them out, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I, I like to look at that and then compare that to the book of Daniel where Daniel had to fast for nine days to receive the messenger from God, where the messenger said that the spirit of the of the location was kind of holding him up from delivery, mm-hmm. and that it was the the fasting that kind of enabled that. Mm-hmm. So it's there's there's a lot to learn from from fasting and slowing things down from what we're used to at our usual pace. Mm-hmm. All right, last one. All right, if you miss this, he wins. Oh, I might just have to do it because I won. I'm rooting for Jason. Okay, but then- do you not do, do you not dare. 
<laughs> what is the name of Peter's brother? Do you need your options? Uh, yeah. What are they? Andrew, Matthew, Zebedee, or James? James and John were brothers. They were 12 disciples. Simon, Peter, Andrew, James's brother, John. It had to have been... Uh, what were the options again? Say it one more time. Andrew. Andrew. Matthew. Matthew. Zebedee. Zebedee. James. James. Reason it out. You can get two of them out of there real quick. You kind of already said one. You said that James was the brother of John, so right. you can take that one out. So that's out. So who who were James and John? What? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm thinking. In the <laughs> who were James and John? Yeah. What, what was their last names? What were their last names? Mm-hmm. The sons of, of Zebedee. There you go. So you're now reasoning a second one. So yeah. <laughs> now I've helped him a little bit. So yeah. Uh, a little bit. That's and that leaves, get, uh, that leaves Matthew <laughs> or and Andrew. Andrew. That's right. Matthew, I don't remember him having a brother, so I'm going to say Andrew. Okay. Um, if um, you've watched The Chosen, you know the answer to this. Yeah, I haven't it is watched Andrew. it. Okay. <laughs> I haven't watched it. Andrew was Sorry. Peter's brother and the Not second yet. disciple. You need to watch The Chosen. I watched the first one, and it just didn't. I, I felt like it was just not there, and then uh, everybody's like, oh, don't stop after the first one. So not, we're, we're planning on it. It's it's on our well. You have a week because we have somebody from the chosen on the show next week. Oh, you're saying so? I need to choose through those. <laughs> yeah, no, we I probably actually, won't. Even, we I won't actually t- went into chapter two to kind of catch up. I'm two episodes in right now, and I gotta say, I'm, I'm really loving it. It's, we we probably won't know, even talk about the show on the show, but we might. It might be important for me to you know get a little taste of it. So all right, I, I will. I'll make that commitment to chew through some of those. You just kind of give uh, the audience a hint of what to expect ah, going forward. Like how I did that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So Andrew was Peter's brother and the second disciple, Matthew 4.18. So here's your opportunity to close the door. Okay. How many disciples were sent to get the donkey and her colt for Jesus? One, two, three, or 476? One. It is tied. Two disciples went to get the donkey and her colt for Jesus. Too. So I was he just could enter into Jerusalem. Matthew 20. I should have known. He always sent people in pairs. He did. Okay. So we're going to go until the first missed answer here. All right. Uh, we'll we'll uh, go ahead and pass for Rick. First book of the disciple, or sorry, first book of the Gospels. Matthew. That's right. Okay. Jason. When I guess Joseph, that was just an easy one since was I wasn't sure one. about that. Right. No, I'll get a hard one. When know, Joseph's right? brothers returned from Egypt the first time, what did they find extra in their sacks? When whose brothers? Joseph's brothers returned from Egypt the first time. What did they find extra in their sacks? Did they find grain, a cup, money, or manna? Manna. Okay. I can choose that option, but you're going to lose the game. That was the, that was the throwaway option. That was, that was so let's go, option. let's go ahead and give you the other three. It's either grain, a cup, or money. Grain. Okay. <laughs> Technically, that answer is correct. It did have grain in it. But, but yeah. that is not the surprising item. Uh, probably the cup then. It was a, as they emptied their sacks, behold, each man's bundle of money was in his sack. Uh, okay. Now, the second time they did, I thought I thought he did, uh, that it was uh, Potiphar, or not Potiphar's, but it was. Um, the second time was the cup. Yeah, it was, his, um, yeah, Joseph's cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was on the second pass. That's right. And they had money in it. So okay. that's why I knew it wasn't the cup at first, because I'm like, well, it was both. It would have had to be both. All right. So Pastor Rick pulls out the victory. Uh, I was rooting for it, man. That was quite a good game. That was a good game. That was good. Back and forth. Good. It's always nice when it's like that. Awesome. Anytime there's a shootout, I'm happy. We had a shootout, right? Yeah, it was a shootout. Was a shootout. All right, good. <laughs> at the OK Corral. <laughs> 
That was a, that's for you hockey lovers out there. <laughs> Jason and I share love of hockey, so therefore, shootout made sense. Yes. Okay, so now it's time for the topic. Um, prayer. Why do some prayers not get answered and some do? And if some prayers get answered, is it God answering those prayers or just circumstance? Hmm. So I guess we'll start with the first question. Why do some prayers not get answered? Well, I guess you first got it. Well, maybe and, you do have to. And, the first and, one. and let me let me say this first before we get into it. I'm not talking about prayers that are ridiculous. Like I, I want a new Lamborghini. Exactly. God. Or a million dollars or whatever. I'm just talking about simple prayers. Help me land this job or my I don't, whatever. I, I can't even think of any. You um, know, this, this reminds me of the story of the man who kept praying to God. God, help me win the lottery. Yeah. God, help me win the lottery. Every day for weeks and weeks and months. And finally, he heard a voice that said, buy a ticket. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Sorry, that was probably terrible. Can't can't win if you can't play. You know, before we even go into your question about does he answer prayer or um, does God answer? Let's start there. Does God answer prayer? Okay, let's start there. Okay. That is, uh, that's kind of where I was heading earlier. You you have to sort of ask yourself if God, I I guess this all starts with first, you got to believe that God exists. Okay. If you don't believe in God, obviously that's a whole different issue. But if you believe that God exists and you believe the Bible is true, why would God tell us to pray continually? We're told to pray for our enemies. We're told to pray for people everywhere for their salvation. We're told to pray for our government and those that are in charge of us. Um, Over over and over, we're told to take our request to the Lord. Why would the Bible tell us to pray if it didn't do any good? Right. I mean, that doesn't really make any sense. Why would God instruct us to sit here and talk to walls and ceilings if he wasn't really planning on doing anything about it? Well, God definitely answers prayers. <laughs> I agree with you 100%. I mean, I've seen it. Um, he's answered my prayers. He's answered other people's prayers for hundreds and hundreds of years. And... Um, I was really hitting it more from a logical standpoint. You know, think about if you're God and you're telling people to do something and you're telling them that, in fact, Jesus came right out and said, you can pray anything in my name and it will be done for you. If you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can pray and it will be done for you. So we're told these things. What if God just decided to ignore everybody who prayed? What would what would that actually do for our faith? It would lessen it. Right. It would tank our faith. Right. Our faith would tank and we would not believe in God. And so therefore God would be kind of shooting himself in the foot. Right. And he wants us to believe in him. He wants us to trust him mm-hmm. uh, that he is that heavenly father that that is sovereign, which means he's in control of everything and can shift things around. And so it wouldn't make any sense for God to tell us to pray if he didn't plan on doing anything because it would just lead to us losing faith versus gaining faith. Right. All right. So now let's look at the converse. Does he answer all prayers? No. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's a big no right there. I'd have to agree with Jason. Okay. Which is, okay, which leads to the question, why? Well, so not all prayers. God doesn't see all prayers as important. Okay. If it doesn't. Not every prayer aligns with his purpose. Exactly. Okay. Well, not even more than that. Not every prayer is good for us. And not everything we request is good for us. I mean, think about it. Y'all are dads and you've had children in your home at one point. 
did you, was there ever a point in your dadhood that you just, there was a big stretch of time when you just gave your child everything they asked for? I don't think there's a dad alive that has experienced that. Because <laughs> uh, children just ask for stupid stuff, stuff that would hurt them. I mean, face it, if dad, if you gave your child everything they wanted, they would be spoiled rotten. They would eat horribly because the child's going to ask for the same stuff every time. And it's going to kill him. So no, as a dad, you look at your child and say, no, I love you too much to say yes to that. Mm -hmm. No, you can't, you know, have a bazooka in your room because you're going to kill yourself (laughs) and the rest of your family. No, you can't. Dad, come on. (laughs) No, you can't have chocolate chip cookies for every meal because you will get sick. It's got... It's got eggs and it's got milk. And, milk. <laughs> <laughs> and grain. And grain. And grain, yes. Um, <laughs> right. Everyone's seen that skit before. But what about the prayers that aren't aren't like that? Are, are more help my my mother get healthy if she's sick mm. or whatever which mm. would be great it, it, it would sh- i mean why wouldn't god want her to be healthy let's go even a little deeper and make it personal all mm. right so we have we have a lady in our church um who is blind who has asked mm-hmm. for prayer mm-hmm. over and over again and for whatever reason god has chosen not to as of this moment in time answer that prayer right why well she actually answered that question herself at one one service she since her blindness she is pressed into god more and she's afraid if she can see again she would go back to the way she was before she was blind mm. and perhaps god knows that so okay. is leaving her where she's at well okay. he does know it he does well not perhaps <laughs> <laughs> perhaps she's correct Right. In that, in that, in that prediction. Well, even if she's not correct, she is correct. Does that make sense? Because it is by her faith that God does stuff. And if she doesn't really, well, okay, let's take faith out of it. She, God gives us the desires of our hearts. And if she doesn't really want to do it because she's afraid of some kind of change, she's probably not asking him to any kind of, with any level of faith because she's cautious about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But there's also, I would argue that probably when it first started because it, it was a sudden onset blindness. It was, she was not blind for her entire life. Right. Right. I would imagine when it first started, those prayers were fervent, but still they weren't answered. Well, I, I think that to put your finger on it would be virtually impossible. However, we can draw some conclusions. First of all, we know that God always knows more than we know. And there are, he is a sovereign God. He doesn't allow anything to happen that he doesn't want to happen. Nobody goes blind. Nobody dies without his, uh, at least okaying it. We see all that. We see, we see that in the book of Job. Right. Where Satan couldn't even touch Job unless God gave him permission to do so. Right. Mm-hmm. So we know that we know that God controls things. We also know that he has a greater purpose and we, what we, what we don't know is how, what happens to us affects other people. For example, a person is blind. They want to see again. They pray. We don't know how that blindness is affecting other people in her sphere of influence. It might be drawing them to a deeper prayer life. It might be, it might be changing them somehow. Uh, we don't know. I mean, think about just uh, how her testimonies, how her presence in the church has affected our just little group of people. And that's just a little group of people. It has impacted us in a very uh, intense way. And for the good, I think Uh, we've learned, we've, we've, you know, we've grown closer as a result. So who knows what kind of uh, things are going on in the background in, you know, other people's 
it, it, the rest of her sphere of influence. I agree. And we don't, we just never know those things. Yeah. Um, does God make a sacrifice of one person uh, for others? I, I certainly, we see that throughout the whole Bible. We see it, you know, in real life many times. And we just can't answer those questions. We can't really. Well, the Bible does give us some answers. All right. But it doesn't give us the, the clean cut answers, right? The Bible does tell us that his ways are higher than our ways Mm -hmm. and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, right? Indeed. And so since we do serve a sovereign God, we, uh, we know that we, we, we trust that he's in control because it's almost like he reveals to us his left hand, but never really shows us his right hand. Mm -hmm. Right. And we just have to trust in what's revealed. Mm -hmm. And that, that trust is what literally got Job in so much trouble. He, he, he didn't trust. He was asking too many questions, right? He presumed too much. And the reality of that story is it teaches us we're never going to understand God. God just peppered him with questions like, oh, really? You know, And it just made him feel small and stupid, which was exactly the truth compared to a magnificent and glorious and omnipotent and uh, omnipresent God. We are small and stupid, and we tend to think only of ourselves. Like Pastor Rick said, we don't always know about our influence on the sphere of people that are, that are around us. Right. And God may have a purpose for anything that, that we pray for that doesn't go away. I mean, look at, look at Paul. He had that thorn. I don't know what that thorn is, but we know that it persisted. And God said that my, my grace is enough. Right. That was literally uh, an example of God saying no. And he said he prayed three times and God still came back and said, no, I, I can't do it. We don't know what the thorn in his flesh was, but God certainly said no. So we know that sometimes God will say no to us because of our own stupid request that isn't good for us. We know that sometimes he will say no because there is a greater purpose, uh, lives are being changed in some way, things are in motion that, you know, our suffering or our having to go through a trial or whatever is going to still impact some other people greatly. Or sometimes it's for us. In in Paul's case, it was for him because he said it was during that moment that he started to learn, you know what, when I'm weak, God is strong. When I think I got it all together, I don't press into God. When I have these little issues and these problems and these little torments, I got to cling to God. And that's when he really does big things. So I think it was really for his sake that God said no. But the the problem with this is you can't, when somebody's dealing with a a dramatic problem in their life, like the doctor just diagnosed me with cancer Mm -hmm. and I'm praying to God for healing and I'm not getting it. You can't go to that person and say, you know what? God's picture is bigger than our own. There's a weird noise going on in the studio that's really <laughs> odd. Okay. I don't know if it's it sounds be. like someone is trapped. killing, <laughs> trapped in a dumpster out back. I, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. I think right. actually it was a truck. <laughs> Couldn't be. So, all right, well, back on topic. So we have, if you have this person who's recently been diagnosed with cancer and they're praying for for relief from that cancer, you can't tell them that God's ways are, are bigger than our own. They're not going to understand it. That you're, you're a little too close to the forest for the trees, you know? Um, all we can do in those situations where God's answer is no is to love that person. And love them through their questions because there aren't clean cut answers of why God says no sometimes. 
Well, I, I think, and there's even a little bit more to it than that. Um, for a person who's going through something difficult like that, did God really say no? Or is it a matter of persistent prayer? Is it a matter of pressing in, having more faith? Because see, I think there are some reasons why he says no that have nothing to do with his will. Um, for example, uh, how many people have no real relationship with God? And they kind of, you know, they do their own thing and they're not really showing any fruit of salvation. But then they go through something difficult, and the first thing they do is they want prayer. Pray for me, and they, you know they want pray. They want to. They want to be healed. Well, they just want what they want. They haven't been pressing into God. And they don't have a relationship with Him, so they don't really have any faith. They're relying on yours. And I believe that really the only prayer that a non-follower of Christ, the only prayer that God's going to answer is their prayer for salvation. And often God is just waiting for that, right? So we know that God doesn't necessarily promise to answer the prayers of a person who does not have a relationship with him. So that can be part of the issue. Um, then there's the issue of faith. He says it only takes a little, you know, a little dabble do you, basically, uh, to use a modern day interpretation of that. <laughs> but I think we live in a day and age where faith is hard to come by. True faith. Here's why I think that. We have safety nets out the wazoo. I mean, think about it. You, you know, Jason, say tomorrow you lose your job, right? And you have no, no income. You got some backup options. You got unemployment. Um, I don't know anything about your finances, so I'm just throwing stuff out there. In fact, we don't even have to use your example, but you know, you, you could potentially borrow some money. You could potentially go to government, you know, and say, Hey, I'm suffering a hardship. You could go to your, you know, again, I don't know what your finances are, but let's just say you have a mortgage. Um, you can go and say, Hey, I'm having a hardship right now. I can't make payments. And they will give you sometimes several months where you don't have to make payments. I mean, there's so many things that you could potentially do. And so even though you might be a little worked up and might be a little tempted to worry, you can always say, you know, we didn't even talk about this one. You could always borrow money from fellow church mates or family or whatever, right? There's always these backup safety nets that we have because we live in a fairly wealthy nation. If it's a medical problem, face it, we got a lot of, you know, great doctors, a lot of great medical, you know, a lot of great medical procedures. They, you know, God has allowed us to make a lot of advances. And so we live in a country where there's access to a lot of solutions that don't require faith in God. And so I believe our faith never, well, often never gets a chance to, to grow because we just have all these backups. We we lose our job and, and instead of dro- dropping to our knees and saying, God, I trust you and just really giving it to him and saying, God, give me a job. Instead, we quickly, okay, God, you got to help me give me a job. And then we just go, go, you know, we put it all into, you know, into gear. We, we, we act as if it's all about us, you know what I mean? And we try to control the situation and we never really have faith. Um, it kind of reminds me of those, those gentlemen, those, uh, African missionaries that were sent to America and all these people from America are saying, what, what in the world? Why, why would African people come to America to be missionaries. Shouldn't we be sending missionaries to Africa? And they're like, no, 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 you got it all wrong. See, we understand faith. We know what it's like to wake up in the morning and not have a clue if you're going to eat. 
and know that if, if we're going to have a meal today, we're going to have to have faith and we're going to have to trust God for it. He said, you guys don't have a lot of reasons to trust God and your faith is weak. So they came here to teach American Christians how to have faith. And so I do believe faith is a huge, a huge issue with us. And sometimes we just simply don't really trust God. And I think that kills our prayer sometimes. So mm-hmm. one of the, the persistent thoughts about this topic that kind of sticks with me is, and, and it's something I've wrestled with in my own prayer life as well. So God does answer some prayers. He doesn't answer others. Mm -hmm. We know he will answer the prayers that are in alignment with his will. Mm -hmm. Okay. So why pray for anything? If all that's going to happen is his will, why pray at all? Well, I think his will will never be changed, but his will is about things that are much bigger than whether or not you have a job, whether you have a different car, (laughs) right? His will can still say, stay intact, even though he changes things within your little world. So I think that's the first thing. We can change God's mind. For example, uh, we know that Abram, Abram, Abram at the time? Yeah, Abram, went to the Lord and said, uh... Would you save Sodom and Gomorrah if you found, you know, and he kept whittling it down? That was actually uh, Lot. I'm so, yeah. Lot, Lot was the one that was there. No, Lot was in the city. You're right. Actually, but was Abram, Abram was the, the one, one who prayed. actually talked to him. You had me for a second. Yeah. I was like, for a second, wait a minute. Right, I lost you on that one. That was my fault. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because Lot was living in uh, one of the cities one, in yeah. Sodom, I think. And Lot was one of the people that he whittled down to in his family. Right. Well, and even then. And his wife turned to salt. <laughs> well, even then, <laughs> God did not spare the city. So his will was fulfilled. But Abram really wanted to save Lot and his family. And guess what? They had a chance to get out. Mm-hmm. It didn't go well for Lot's wife, unfortunately, no. but that was her fault. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's an example of how God's will will prevail, but that doesn't mean that circumstances won't change. It doesn't mean we can't, you know, whittle things away and, and have things change. I, I just really, and this goes back to that first comment, I just don't believe God would have us pray if he was always going to say no. Now, th- there's another part of this we haven't talked about. God doesn't always say no. There's three answers. Right. It's not yet as an answer. Or sometimes he's not, he hasn't even answered us. We we kind of look at God as this vending machine, right? Mm-hmm. If, I, if I just go up and I put a quarter in it and I pull the uh, little handle. Rub the lamp a little bit. <laughs> yeah. The, you know, and I'm, I'm dating myself because I don't think you can get anything for a quarter nowadays. But, you know, you put you in your $5 all, bill. All, you, you can get a car at Aldi for a quarter. Yeah. I will but you get it back. That. Is that right? <laughs> you get it back. You're a shop there? I have not. <laughs> I have not. You have to wrench your cart? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and if you bring it back, you get your quarter back. Interesting. That's how they save money on staff. They, they don't have to go bring carts in. Oh, People well, bring I, in a cart back. If, I see. They can leave it out there, but you lose your quarter. So. Oh, I see. I see. Anyway. My yeah. wife goes there once in a while. And it's not, I mean. The kids go there. I don't go. They got good food. I mean. I've actually never been there. They say if it's not better than your big supermarkets, then they'll buy it back. Squirrel. Really? Big squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> now, where were we? Somehow we got into, oh, yeah. Got, I don't even know how we started on that. Anyway. It was the, uh, well, it was the quarter. Uh, so, <laughs> That's right. You know, a lot of people look at God as this vending machine or genie, if you will. We just want to go, make our request, get it, and move on with our life because that's what we're interested in. Why did God ask us to pray? It wasn't just to get what we want. It's to connect yes. with our Heavenly Father. He wants a relationship. Prayer is our form of fellowship with God. Right. Ex- 
exactly. If it's, we didn't pray, we'd never talk to him. Well, think about it. And if God always answered immediately, first time you pray, bam, it's done. Then he would be a vending machine. And we would never spend any time with right. him. Right. I mean, I'm not saying not, I'm not saying no one would, but the general population, when everything's gone well, we have a tendency to put even our, you know, other relationships, not just that with God, but we put all of our relationships on cruise control. How many marriages split up because they put their marriage on cruise control. They weren't working on their marriage and it fell apart. That happens. And so God obviously knows that. So he says, you know, hey, press into me a bit. Let's let's commune. And there's multiple reasons why he would do that. One, just for the fellowship of it. But secondly, often we ask for something and he does grant us our ultimate, he grants us an answer that's not necessarily no, it's a slightly different answer. And he works on our heart because of that. Or sometimes he works on our heart and we change our prayer requests because he makes us see that that wasn't good at all. Mm -hmm. He's that dad, you know, we go to dad and we say, dad, can I have a bazooka for my room? And he's like, well, son, at that, let's talk about that. <laughs> why? First of all, why, son, do you want a bazooka? Well, they're really cool, man. You could shoot him. You know, it's kind of dangerous, you know, and, and eventually he gets you to see that, you know, maybe a 22 would be a better way to go. You know, a 22 long rifle. So, you know, you really can't accidentally hit anything. And then he says, you know, as long as I'm out there with you, we can shoot that together and we'll shoot some cans and whatever and have some fun. Right. Yeah. Not to mention it's illegal. (laughs) (laughs) That was a really lame example, but you get it. You you get what I'm talking about. We'll get you a Nerf one. (laughs) Right, exactly. But, you know, that's that's it. I think it's fellowship. I think if we just always got what we wanted right away, you know, and that's why that that leads us to our second. uh, The second thing I wanted to bring up is that Jesus taught persistent prayer. Mm Mm-hmm. Why did why do you suppose Jesus told us to pray persistently? In fact, he used that example of somebody who wanted justice going to a judge. The judge doesn't even care. He doesn't believe in God. He doesn't care about justice. He didn't like her. He just, you know, said, no, I don't want to hear it. You know, he was like that, uh, that king in um, the emperor's new groove <laughs> or whatever the emperor, the emperor's new groove, you know, I don't care about anything. I care about me. I want, you know, I want my pool up here on the hill. And so he doesn't care. And Jesus said, this woman just kept going back. Look, man, I want, I want justice. And finally he said, oh man, you are wearing me out. I am sick and tired of seeing your ugly face in here. And I'm just going to give you justice. Not because I care, but I just need you to stop bugging me right yeah now why would god use such a crazy example is that you know thoughts i'm, I'm you know. um i guess just the it gives you an opportunity well i mean this i'm just spitballing here <laughs> that's what i was that's what i was going for it gives you an opportunity to um consider what you're asking for mm-hmm. um you may want something one day and then completely change your mind after you sleep on it right and so with persistence, it gives you an opportunity to work out that solution. Whether you, do you really want this? Do you not want this? How right. bad do you want this? Right. Is it that important to you? D- just different, yeah. different, different angles. I, I think you've hit it on the nail. I've yeah. hit the nail on the head rather. Yeah. Um, I mean, can you imagine if all of our prayers got answered every time, first time, there'd be some that's pretty much the plot point of uh there's a lot of things of, um, the Jim Carrey movie um 
where he um, yeah Bruce Almighty Bruce Almighty couldn't think of it for a reason yeah uh, he was tired of listening to all the prayers so he just typed into his computer yes to all <laughs> <laughs> I lost sixty pounds of the Krispy Kreme diet <laughs> so many seventy two thousand people won the lottery right and yeah. they got like a buck fifty or something. <laughs> I gotta watch that movie. Um, <laughs> it's been a while. It is good. I don't remember any of it. Um, yeah, but that's it. Yeah, it just wouldn't work out, and that would not be a loving father. So, right. I, you know the the fact is, is that God, and, and well, here and then, let's just be honest. Some of the people they don't wait for God to answer either way, and that kind of goes back to persistent prayer. They say, "Okay, God, give me this." They pray one or two times. They don't press in, and they just go off and do something totally different and make their own choices. That well, and that kind of goes to when you pray for advice that's more of an advice thing you're right right you're like, right should i buy this car well i didn't get an answer i'm buying this car yeah well i mean well if you'd have waited right you might have found something more suited for you and yeah. you're more suited for your budget more suited for your family needs or whatever right it could be but i you know i've seen people do it with really important dis, uh, important things in their life like health issues too yeah they'll pray once or twice well god said no so whatever and they just sulk Rather than pressing in, first of all, you know, who said, did God literally, do you feel in your spirit that the Holy Spirit within that resides within you has said no? See, Paul knew. He said, I went to God and God said, your grace is sufficient. That sounds like an answer to me. Yeah. It wasn't just, okay, I put in my request. Now I'm just waiting for the letter back. You know, <laughs> it, it's not the same thing. So if you haven't gotten a no answer, then you need to be persistent. Mm -hmm. Now, once you feel like God has said, no to something, then, okay, then it's time to start saying, okay, well, God, help me understand why and help me to make good choices around this. Help me to grow through it. Help me to survive through it or whatever. Now, some people may be asking, how do you know if he says no? If, if he doesn't directly, audibly say, audibly say no. no. <laughs> Well, I, you know, that's how, how do we hear God's voice? That's a, a big, long topic that we probably don't have time to cover in its oh, entirety. Oh, but it sounds like a good, good, it, another, it uh, for another episode. Absolutely. So make sure you keep, keep watch for that one. However, <laughs> I will say just uh, an easy, this is a very way too easy blanket answer here. When you become a follower of Jesus Christ, that first week or month or whatever hearing God's voice is very much like if you were to meet somebody on the street, you're in, or you're in a coffee shop and you meet some person, you know, guy, gal, whatever, and you have a very brief conversation and then you part ways. And if the, if this guy or gal would call, were to call you and not say their name and just, Hey, how's it going? You'd probably be like, who are you again? <laughs> uh, I'm gone. Good. Um, who in the world am I talking to right now? <laughs> Cause you don't know their voice. Right. But after several months or several weeks and you call them back and forth and you, get, you you learn their tones, you learn the subtleties of what makes their voice different and the way they talk different from other people. And if they picked up the phone and said, yo, man, what's up? Hey, Steve, how's it going? You know, you'd know them right away. That's kind of, uh, you know, it, it's oversimplified, but it's kind of like it is with God. The first time, you know, you ask for something and he says no or yes, or maybe later or whatever, you might not not get it. But as you grow in your relationship, and again, that's why it's important to continue to pray, pray and listen and ask God, God, you know, let me hear your voice on this. 
you will eventually recognize because it's tough because we are spirit. We've been created in God's image, and that means he's created us with a spirit that was intended to last forever, will last forever. He's put the spirit of God in us, and now we have spirit-to-spirit communication. Mm -hmm. So the Holy Spirit can speak to our spirit and give us an answer. Now, the problem is, what makes it difficult is it doesn't really, it's not audible. And sometimes we question, hey, was that me or was that the Holy Spirit? And that takes a little getting used to. Right. That takes a little getting used to, but you can, you will get used to it. Uh, Jesus said, Hey, my sheep know my voice and they come when I call. And I believe wholeheartedly that we can learn that. Right. Well, before we move on to, uh, songs of the week. Um, I think one way to look at your prayer is, is your situation that you're in benefiting him? For example, like we were kind of talking about before with blindness because she was blind mm-hmm. she was pressing into him right yeah well my- there's a very dangerous line of thought that could come with this too but i will i will focus on on this aspect of what you just said too often we see god kind of like what rick mentioned as that little genie in your back pocket the cosmic vending machine mm-hmm. that he's just there to give us what we want and there's an entire sect of theology that the prosperity gospel that that feeds that right right, right? so warning don't don't take the moment to think that god is only there for you that's we're here not, for him. We're here for him. Period. Our purpose is to worship him and he, to love him. He made us to glor- worship him, glorify and to him. be in relationship with him. Um, for instance, uh, my significant other and her her health problems, mm-hmm. um, it's keeping her from getting a job. Mm-hmm. Well, because she doesn't have a job, she's <laughs> helping people find Christ. And why would he heal her when she's doing things now that glorify him? And if she was healed and got a job, would she glorify him as much? Would she press into him as much? Would she push people to to look to Christ as much? Yeah. And I'm going to, I'll flip that on you a little bit too. Another issue that I've seen a lot, which is very similarly related is people that pray for something and they're not being good stewards of what they already have. You know, the Bible says that to whom, whoever uses well, what they have more will be given, Mm -hmm. but those who don't use well, what they have, what they have is going to be taken away. I've seen so many times people are not using their money wisely, for example. They're not tithing. They don't believe in giving to the poor. They're not doing what would honor God and what is biblical. And then they get into a financial crisis and they're like, God, give me money. Well, guess what? You haven't been being a, you haven't been a good steward of what you did have. Now, does that mean he's never going to answer? No, but you know what you got to do? You got to learn on the fly right there, even with little to be a good steward of what you do have. If you expect him to answer that prayer. And I believe the same is with health. If a person doesn't have a particular, you know, area of health. Well, I always ask them, what are you doing with the health that you do have? You know, because some people don't, they're not ministering. You know, they use that as an excuse. Well, I can't do anything. I'm, I'm this, you know, I'm that. I don't have this. I don't have that. If you're not using well what you have, why are you asking God for more? Now, does it mean he'll say no? Not necessarily. A lot of times it just means we have to step up the plate and utilize wisely what we have. And that means be a good steward. And then we can confidently go to God and say, God, I am being a good steward of what I have. Mm-hmm. You know, um, in fact, uh, I'm going to tell myself a little bit. Um, I hate to do this, but um, t- today we're over there. Well, Jason and I have this thing about, you know, going to get coffee right before. Um, and I didn't get to tell him this earlier. He said, uh, I, we went to pay for coffee. And of course, we fight over who gets to pay. It's funny because most people 
fight over who has to pay. We fight over who gets to pay. And so he's like, uh, you've been a little out of control with the paying. And I said, oh, no, no, I insist. And so I paid for it. And what I really was, was thinking during that time is, you know what? I'm a little bit behind financially right now. And so when I'm financially behind, literally, I start asking, you know, God, how can I be more generous? How can I, you know, how can I help the poor? I want to use wisely every cent that I have. And I know that's silly. And I know coffee is not a big deal, but it's still, it's showing love for other people. Um, and I'm always looking to do that because it used to be that when I was behind financially, I would look for every way I could cut corners. I don't necessarily do that anymore. Now I do for myself. I mean, you know, if I can cut corners and buy, you know, 50 cent macaroni and cheese instead of dollar fifty, I will do it. But when it comes to giving, a lot of times I'll flip it because I know God is saying, look, just trust me, mm -hmm. be a good steward of what you have and be giving because I know that giving people tend to be given. Songs of the week? Yes. Okay. The my favorite time of the week. Favorite time of the week. Just love that songs of the week section. <laughs> or segment or whatever we're calling it. Yes. And tis the season of Christmas music. <laughs> Did you pick a Christmas song too? No. Oh, see, I, I told him in advance. So I guess I'll, since you said that, I guess I'll go ahead and start. <laughs> I told him, I said he well, was probably going to give me a hard time. Well, I wasn't referring to your pick, but. Oh, okay, good. But um, I, I can stay on topic here if if we want to do a Christmas song was you, session. Well, see, now he's confused me. He said he didn't pick a Christmas song. Well, I, I haven't picked a song. <laughs> oh, I see. Well, while I, you pick. See, because I was <laughs> earlier when we were talking about music music right i went to go find figure out what song i was gonna do yeah and then we got squirreled and <laughs> we were we were still talking about music but we weren't talking about yeah the right kind of music so yeah we are human squirrels i'll tell you we that. are um, hey look there's a nut <laughs> yeah there's rick gone <laughs> so so uh Either of you, please go first. I will go ahead and run since I have one in front of me. Uh, I did decide since uh, it seems like every year, earlier and earlier, people are putting out their Christmas decor. My neighbor had their Christmas trees out. I think it was somewhere around uh, Halloween time. Um, and it was amazing, uh, you know, that they put them out that soon. And uh, so since everybody's kind of getting into it, I thought maybe I would get us into the spirit and do a Christmas song uh, this week. Uh, the song that I've kind of picked is a song called Joy to the World. You've all heard that a million times. But the particular version that I'm talking about is from a guy by the name of Chris Tomlin. It's a live version of the song. And let me tell you something, my favorite version. I've heard a lot of versions of this song, but it is truly amazing. And he puts his own little spin on it musically. And then he actually adds a chorus. And the chorus is simply this. Joy, unspeakable joy, an overflowing well that no tongue can tell. Joy, unspeakable joy, rises in my soul, never lets me go. And it's uh, it's just an uplifting song. I We actually decided to do a short uh, Christmas series this year of three weeks. And we're, we put it on the list this week. And I have been listening to song and I just can't stop listening to it. Every morning I want to like slap that song in the car because it just picks me up and gets me going. So check it out. Chris Tomlin, Joy to the World. And I believe Unspeakable Joy is kind of the, uh, the subtitle of that. Moving on. So All you, right. You got one? I do. All right. Okay, um, I'm going to go next just because. Go ahead. 
just just because <laughs> because I wanted to interrupt him because he was so into it for oh. a second. <laughs> it was just I was being, me being rude is what it was. All right, so there was a, a where my boo button at. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so mine is a hallelujah Christmas. It's by Cloverton. So it's the song hallelujah, um, that everybody knows from, from Leonard Cohen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's Christmas Carol. Okay. And, um, I've heard about this baby boy who's come to earth to bring us joy. And I just want to sing this song to you. It goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, the major lift with every breath I'm singing. Hallelujah. Right. And it just continues on from there. It's a very, so it's like a merge of, is this a merge uh, of the two? That's cool. Is there a video of this where they're in a coffee shop? Yes. Okay. So this is the the, the song that I've heard. Okay. Uh, Yeah. It is a really good song. uh. It's, it's a very good Christmas song. And, uh, and you don't hear it very often, which is odd. So, um, but that's my, my song. It's Hallelujah Christmas song. It, it's called a Hallelujah Christmas. Yeah. It, okay. It's, it's but, a good it, one. but okay. Check it out. Yeah. I, I will check Definitely. it out. Is it got a good, check out the video. So you too. Cloverton. You'll see it on, Cloverton. It, they, they play it in a little coffee shop and like, I think people like start adding or something like that. More people something show like up that, or yeah. something like that. It's kind of creative. Hmm. Okay. Well, my song is by Sanctus Real. Sanctus Real. All right. I think, uh, Nate, you had one mm-hmm. like a few, a month or so back from yep. Sanctus Real. I hope it's not the same song. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. Forgiven? No, it's not that Okay. Song. Forgiven. Have you heard it? Uh, probably, but I don't know what <sighs> I'm talking about. The one that I chose was a broken hallelujah, which is kind of funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's so, right. Yes. Uh, it goes, um, well, the past is playing with my head and failure knocks me down again. I'm reminded of the wrong that I have said and done. And that devil just won't let me forget. And the chorus is, in this life, I know what I've been. But here you're in your arms. I know what I am. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. And I don't have to carry the weight of who I've been because I'm forgiven. Ooh, that's good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, so... uh Final oh, yeah. thoughts. Final thought. Yeah. yeah. Well, the final thought today I strategically picked, and it comes to us from uh, Psalm 116, verse 2, and it simply says this, because he bends down and listens, I will pray as long as I have breath. I just want to encourage all of our listeners today. Uh, we have um, the opportunity to, because of what Jesus did on the cross, we have an opportunity to boldly go to God with our requests. And whether we get a yes answer, whether we get a no answer or maybe later answer, we have an opportunity to sit in the Lord's presence and commune with him. And he does bend down and listen. And he does change a lot. I, you know, we didn't get into it really. It was kind of a long episode and I wanted to share some of the just amazing stories that, you know, were just, uh, not, it couldn't have been, it couldn't have been circumstantial in like a million years. You know, I, we prayed for things and it would just happen and just amazing. Um, so yeah, whether he says yes, no, or maybe later, the fact is, is you get to sit in God's presence and he really does listen and no bad is going to come from it. In fact, only good is going to come from it because it is a relationship. It's not about the, the answer. You know, we've heard it all before. It's not the destination. It's the journey. And that's really the same when it comes to prayer. It's not just about the answer we get. It is the communing with God and the changes that always take place when we sit in his presence. So I encourage you to give it a shot. If you're not a prayer, become one. (laughs) You know, I, I think I said this this last Sunday. 
we we sometimes look at prayer as a duty. It's to me, it's kind of like a du- the duty of if you owned a Lamborghini and it sat in your garage, you got a duty to go out and give that a driver for once in a while, right? <laughs> because it's just too awesome to waste. We can sit in the Lord's presence and commune with Him and talk to Him, and He will talk to us. We have a duty because it's so awesome to take advantage of it. So take advantage of it. Amen. Yeah. Whether he answers your prayers or not, it's just an incredible feeling when you get in his presence and Amen. have a conversation. So, okay, folks, thanks for tuning in. Um, if you haven't yet, please subscribe or follow or click the button so you get every episode and you don't miss one. Next week, um, we have Stevie Cade in the house, a good friend of mine. He is an agnostic believer. So we're going to dive into that and see if we can shed a little light, no pun intended. Uh, joining him will be Chris Durbin from The Chosen. Uh, he's a behind-the-scenes promoter and uh, does interviews with the cast and crew. And it should be an absolute treat to have him on. And please tune in for that. Um, and that's all I have. So... With that, say goodnight, Rick. Goodnight, Rick. Goodnight, Nate. Goodnight, Nate. Good night, everybody.